Welcome to the ward. I'm Erin Coffin, your candidate for Councillor of Ward 23, Canada South. My name's Chris. I'm one of Erin's volunteers and friends. And we're talking to you about issues that affect you and us in Ward 23, Canada South during election 2022 here in Ottawa. Let's talk about affordability and rising costs on so many things and how we can make the city affordable as well. Absolutely. I mean, it is really hard uh, affordability. I, you know, I say to people at the door, I make some decent, okay money. I have a good salary. My husband is a, has a good salary. We're a dual income household and we still find the, the rise of costs is, is really quite astronomical and we'll f- we feel it. And we have no idea um, how people are, 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 are managing. Um, we have seen houses double in, in cost. Um, if we were to buy our house t- at today's cost, there's no way we could afford our house. We can barely afford to live in our house in today's costs. Um, and then you're watching um, the cost of uh, food inflation, which is just remarkable. I mean, you used to be able to get a dozen eggs for $2. It's now $3. Milk is like another, it's like up 50% higher. And basic necessities of, of good nutrition um, are very expensive. I mean, an apple nowadays is like $1.25 for one apple. It's really, this is not, this is not making anything very easy for anybody. Um, and, and then with that, when we have these great campaigns and these elections, we talk about all the really great things we could do. And I know I do myself talk about, let's be ambitious with our neighborhoods and uh, let's do better. And, you know, a lot of people hear that as a translation for let's spend so much money and don't worry about it. We'll figure out how to pay for it later, which to them means taxes. Um, so, and I get it. I, I pay taxes. I pay taxes on my, my home. I'm a homeowner. Um, I like, uh, nice things. I like to be able to do fun things. Inflation is biting us all in the butt. Uh, so, you know, when I hear higher taxes, I also cringe and don't like it. Um, I'm not going to promise not to raise taxes and I'm not going to promise to lower taxes because I think lowering taxes just means cutting services. And I think what we need to do right now is make sure that we can do better and do more with the money we're spending. We're spending a lot of money on contracts. If we look at the LRT and we wait for what comes out in the LRT inquiry, we're going to see a lot of not great contracting, a lot of money that probably could be better utilized. Um, you know, we're also going to, we're also paying a lot of litigation. We are suing all sorts of people, including on the LRT. Um, and how much are we paying lawyers to, with our tax dollars to do that? Couldn't we put those tax dollars to better use doing things like, oh, social services and public health? I think that'd be a great opportunity right there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think anybody who says they're not going to raise taxes or they're going to keep it where it's at, I think that's really an ambitious and perhaps naive thing to say. Uh, inflation right now, I think this right now, it's about 8%. Uh, it, this month, it was like 10% a couple of months ago. I, I don't think we can say that we can just sit idly and, and not not have to, to make some increases, um, if only just because we have responsibilities to um, our our labor in the city. We have a lot of people, our biggest 
one of our biggest investments in the city is our human resources. And we can't ask them to not be able to afford to live as well um, because we don't want to pay more taxes. So I think that that has to be taken into consideration when we're thinking about what we need to do. So I'm not going to commit to a number. Um, I'm going to look commit to trying to make it reasonable and hopefully not overly painful. But I, I really want to do the best we can with what we've got um, and, and only... Um, only have increases if we really need them. Uh, but we have to really also understand that it is very hard right now to to afford things. Let's talk about value for money because it seems like in the city of Ottawa that the tax rate is quite high, but you aren't, you aren't getting the services that exist in other cities. And some of that can be related to procurement to how the city structures contracts. Yeah, no, it's a, it's um, that's a tough one. I mean, like as you say, we do pay a lot of money for taxes. One of the doors I knocked on, they just moved here from Edmonton, and it seems that every time I talk to anybody with a really good example of how to do it, it's always Edmonton. Um, and they pointed out that they're paying half the amount of money than they're paying here in Ottawa, and they had a lot more services, they had a lot more uh, follow up from the city, um, and they were really disappointed. And so, yeah, that's a real a real struggle for us. I mean, how do we demand so much money and what are we getting for it? Um, I also find it fascinating. I think I've said earlier when it comes to our recreation, a lot of our recreational infrastructure that we have in Canada South has been built uh, pre-2000. And what we have had built has been basically the bare necessity as required um, for development. And we still don't have sewers that can actually handle the amount of storms and and whatnot. We have, you know, flooding, we have uh, damage by uh, water. Um, we got all sorts of things going on and we're not really doing what we need to do. So we definitely have to look at, at uh, better value. Um, I think, like I said earlier in uh, transit conversation, that uh, we're going to have to really look at the best practices that come out and the recommendations that come out of the LRT inquiry, start looking at better procurement processes. Um, you know, I think that's been our biggest uh, challenge so far. Uh, even just recently, I, I really love the fact that we had a auditor general for Ottawa decide to proactively audit the pro- the procurement process for um, for electric buses. Um, she didn't have to do that. I'm pretty sure she wasn't asked to do it, but she did it and found that there were flaws and she recommended that we do something different. And I believe we're now using TTC's procurement process because they're buying similar products and she felt this was a better example and we're using that instead. So what we really need to do is open how we do our processes and how we spend our money, look at lessons learned, look at best practices, look at what's working, look at what's not working and make some change. I think that that is really our best thing. It's not just about just keep on raising the taxes. It's where are we putting our money? How are we spending it? And how can we restructure some of that spending so we can be a little bit more ambitious in our neighborhoods. And I think that in Canada South, we can definitely be more ambitious because we see lots of really great things being built in in neighboring wards. And we haven't had as much of that sexy stuff in our neighborhood and we have to go to other wards to get to get it. So I think in that case, um, for as a as a as a ward and then as a city is that I think we need to have a little bit of ambition, but really look at how we're spending and do better because it just seemed that we are 
spending a lot and not getting a lot in return. And when we do um, contracting for various services, um, it's not necessarily that we're getting services that are um, being issued or carried out in um, smart ways or just being carried out in that they need to be accomplished and done by a certain time. And let's continue on spending and spending more wisely. It seems that so often when there is a problem identified and requires some kind of fix that in Canada South especially, we've ended up with bargain fixes and not serious investment in infrastructure issues in our recreational facilities, in things like storm sewers. Over time, uh, that's going to cost us a lot more money as we have to do a, a larger fix down the road. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of our issues is definitely, I mean, we had promises that as before we developed as much as we did in Canada South, the infrastructure would be in there before we started. And that hasn't seemed to happen. And in some cases, we've been told that the, that the infrastructure, especially when it comes to our, to our sewage system out here in Canada South, uh, you know, was the Cadillac. And it seems to be more like, well, I don't want to trash Honda because Honda's pretty good. It's like the Pinto. Maybe the Pinto. That seems about right. The K car of, uh, of sewers. Um, you know, and we're having a lot of erosion. I, I joke that water is like toddlers. It's going to go where it wants to go and it's going to de- destroy and, and damage what it wants to damage and destroy. So we need to really look at that. I mean, I'm seeing backyards that are being eroded by, by, um, sewer, um, drains and I'm seeing, uh, roads flooding during storms because yes, we found a solution so it doesn't back into your house and we don't have sewer sewage all over in your basement, which I totally agree is a fantastic solution because nobody wants that. But at the same time, we're flooding roads, which makes them very unsafe to drive, walk, or cycle on. We have families who don't want to go on their front lawns for fear that they get a car astroplaning into their into their family. Um, and then we're also like lifting up and leaching roads road guck into front lawns. Um, we need to really look at when we're building things and, and creating things like new roads. We're not just patching asphalt over and over again to something that looks really like a half-assed job, dare I say. Um, but looking at like, is this the best solution? Should we be looking at a more substantial replacement that has better sustainability, has better um, um effects with living within the environment. Um, like looking, do we need to look at things like permeable concrete rather than just asphalt? Would that allow the water somewhere to go? Do we need to actually start, you know, uh, burying more of our hydro um, lines? I mean, we've heard from Ottawa Hydro, which admittedly is an agency that is separate from the city of Ottawa, but we own it, that they say, you know, like why it's not economically feasible to bury it. Well, it wasn't really economically feasible for a whole bunch of myself and my neighbors to not have power for a week, not be able to work, not be able to cook and and clean and take care of ourselves and not be able to get basic things done. I mean, services, businesses, work, none of that really happened for a, a bit of time. Um, how much money did that cost? Plus, how much did it cost to reactively have all the hydro services from all the other neighboring areas coming 
in and putting our posts back up for the next time we have a storm come in and tear it down. We no longer have 100-year storms. Our 100-year storms are usually, if we're lucky, one every 100 days. We need to make sure that we're able to deal with the reactions and what we're living with, with climate change. That's the excessive heat in the summer. That is the crazy storms. That is the crazy snow and ice storms. We need to be able to live with these. And And I'm not getting into an environmental issue here. I'm just saying we need to have the infrastructure that allows us to exist and be sustainable as our climate is changing and changing drastically and affecting us all. It doesn't make financial sense to to put a Band-Aid on a problem because then in two years' time or in five years' time or in 10 years' time, we're spending three times as much as it would have cost to fix something now. Well, absolutely. It's kind of like when my young child hides the sandwich he didn't finish under the couch in the basement so I don't get upset or nobody knows that he didn't finish his sandwich. And the next thing we know, we're spending $600 plus on bringing in pest control because we got, we got mice. That's a terrible example, I know, but I'm trying to simplify it really simple. If we literally stick our, what is it? What's that whole saying about sticking a finger in a hole in the dam and then there's a new hole and there's a new hole, maybe we need to actually fix the dam. I, I don't, I, I don't know. We can't keep on just patching things and trying to solve little problems because there are bigger problems and we need to be, we have to be bigger thinkers about what is this going to cost? And it may cost us more right now. Maybe it's going to cost us a lot more right now. Not that I want to do that. That's not what I'm proposing. But if it costs a little more now, it may save us money in the end. I mean, I've, I had an example, I won't get into like a lot of details about it, but I had an example where a really great way to save money on maintenance of a new build was going to cost $250,000 up front. And nobody wanted to pay that $250,000 up front. Well, sure, they didn't do it. So they cut the costs and they, they, they built their structure. Well, and then later, because they didn't pay for that, that extra part of the project, it ended up costing them like $100,000 in maintenance every year. So within three years, they had paid more in maintenance than what it would have cost to build a structure that wouldn't have required that much maintenance. And there's lots of little solutions like that when we are planning, and it could be for parks, it could be, you know, for water, um, for like, we keep on using our uh, our little water features and our splash pads as an example. But one of the things is you can save a lot of money in maintaining a little splash pad, which I know is a nice thing to have, but in today's weather situations, this is really important thing to have. You can pay up front $120,000 for this special mechanism that allows ease of oversight and control and making sure all the mechanisms and the water levels and, you know, the pH and all of the water monitoring requirements to be better maintained with less required oversight, meaning less physical and human resources on that and save you can get that money back within like the first four years and then you're not paying as much for that and and, and you do it then and then you have long lasting um, effects. But, you know, nobody wants to pay that extra money up front, but how much is going to cost you in the long run? I think it comes down to responsibility and thinking beyond a four-year cycle. Absolutely. I mean, I had one house that were very much like, oh, 
you know, you're thinking, nobody thinks in anything less than the cycle of their, their elect, elected time. And I was like, well, if you don't think I did enough or I spent too much in my, fir- in my first four years, uh, even though I'm thinking about the next eight, 10, 12, 20, then I guess you choose somebody else in the next, in the next four years, which I've also just been, sh- been given a dirty face for. So I'll not say that again. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us. I'm Erin Coffin. If you're looking for any more information, just go to erincoffin.ca and you'll find my platform there and an opportunity to leave me a message.